watching Stockwatch with me, Zinati Guma, and joining me to unpack your stock-related questions this evening are David Shapiro from Assessment Securities and Wayne McCurry from FNB Wealth and Investments. Be sure to send those questions via SMS to 41392, email us at stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag Stockwatch. Thanks so much for your time, gents. Uh, just uh, off air, we were talking about how, um, I don't know if it's good to see David back in the in the land of load shedding. Uh, it's good for us, maybe not good for you. <laughs> uh, talking about load shedding, uh, we've seen the JSC kind of going through its own load shedding, uh, not really following the optimism that we have seen in the other markets, the US, Europe. And I'm just wondering what's holding the JSC back at this, at this moment. It had flat today. David? Well, look, um, okay. Yeah, okay, go Wayne, go Wayne. Okay, Wayne, yes. Just, uh, just to I let you know. I think it's just our mining, shares, <laughs> our mining shares holding us back. They've been yeah. quite poor. And in, in the last couple of days, we've had two, well, one really big share coming off strongly, and that was Richmond. Yeah. And that pulled the whole market down by itself. And then today, even though it's not nearly of the same size, pick and pay also down 8 odd percent. So. You know, I think it's just a different composition of the index more so than anything else. Yeah. Well, let's actually talk about pick and pay um, because investors seeming to think that that was a dismal trading update that they uh, put out today. Um, some bright sparks like Boxer, but pick and pay remaining uh, a kind of uh, an underperformer. Talking about load shedding costs, restructuring costs. So many costs. Uh, David, mm. what did you make of that update? Well, well it was at the AGM. Um, I think Gareth uh, Ackerman let off as well, had a lot of complaints about the country and about various other issues. But if you if you look deeper into that, I think there's still worries there because uh, load shedding is one thing and the costs are uh, you know another thing. But I think on the sales side, things were pretty you know pretty flat. And I think that disappointed the market. I don't think it was a load shedding. I think we know about that. Uh, you know, even the boxer number, which looked good, if you look at it on a like-for-like -like basis, it was pretty flat. Meaning, it's it's acquisitions. You know, it's new stores that added to the increased uh, um, uh, turnover. So I think overall, a market might have been disappointed with the level of um, you know with the level of revenue, and that was for four months already. So it's quite a long period. Uh, so 9% is a big, you know, it's a big drop. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Wayne, I'm wondering what you think of that margin pressure because I feel like um, a lot of the time pick and pay comes out as maybe one of the most expensive, but we did see them saying that they have absorbed some, uh, some, some, some prices, but then, I mean, you also have this competition of margins with ShopRite and all these other ones. And I'm wondering what you make of the pain that pick and pay is and then could possibly still go through in terms of margin pressure right now. Yeah. Look, everyone's suffering more or less the same cost pressures. So the real problem with pick and pay is they didn't get any sales to offset those cost pressures. So their sales, you know, like on like, just call it flat at, you know, at, 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 at the end of the day they had very, very flat sales, so it's 0.9% like-on-like. Mm. And then further down in the statement, they actually say that their food inflation was 9.5%, which is well below the CPI number of 13-odd percent. 
but still that means you're going backwards by call it eight and a half percent volume volume wise i mean that's a big jump in other words that's not just the economy competitors are taking market share yeah could this picture change with the cpi that we got today 5.4 percent in june year on year david i you know i, I mean wayne wayne made the point that they're losing volume so uh, it might improve their margins in in the sense that if, if food prices do come down and food prices are down very very little but um they i, th I think the bigger issues there and you know i think uh, uh, you know the competitors are eating their lunch breakfast supper everything yeah. uh, they're doing well on the clothing side and and their whole aim is to build up boxer which is uh you know that's where the energy is going into the low end of the market where i think margins are also a bit lower so it's going to take time for this for the plan to to stick but i mean in the meantime people are getting impatient saying we're not sticking around we'd rather go elsewhere yeah uh overall however we want to count it i still think uh, you know looking at pick and pay it's disappointing yeah. you know it's not where it used to be and it's not it hasn't got the clout that it used to have mm. well i mean just talking I mean, pick and pay yeah yeah pick and pay's been in trouble for 20 years yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, because also I, I'm just wondering also why the actual pick and pay uh, stores uh, continue to underperform, even though they, they have started this whole strategy uh, review. Um, and if it's just too far gone at this point, Wayne? Now, there's always turnaround potential, and they've got all of these projects in place now to get this turnaround, and we hope that it works and we see some payoff. But when you look at the share price, you know, 14 price earnings ratio for a company that produces this result, it's no wonder the share price is down 8%. I'm surprised it's not down a little bit more. Yeah. You know, if you take, if you compare that to the banks, the banks are trading at an 8 price earnings ratio and their earnings will go up. Mm. You know, there's far better value in banks than, than sitting here and pick and pay. Yeah. Well, uh, talking about banks, uh, the Reserve Bank has its decision tomorrow. Uh, and obviously this comes after the, the, the cooling inflation that we saw coming out today. David, has that changed your view on what the Reserve Bank could do tomorrow? I hope it changes their view, not my view. You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I just hope that they do pause. And I was looking at uh, Old Mutual today who came out and uh, made a statement on mortgage payments saying at least a third of the people are battling. Uh, um, Friday, we had APSA saying uh, they're increasing impairment. So consumers and businesses are under pressure. And with the with the um, prime rate at 11 and three quarter percent, um, it's, it's impossible for businesses to prosper if that's your cost of capital. So I, I'm just hoping that the message gets through and uh, that the uh, governor does pause and you know we start on a path to lowering rates as well um, I know the inflation number was 5.4 or 5.3 whatever it mm. was which is uh, you know for once it's in the range of three to six percent but it's still above the midpoint Do you know what I mean it's still uh, midpoint there is four and a half so I, I, I just hope he does relent and says okay let's call it a day for now and see what happens because I think consumers are taking a lot of strain yeah um, I mean, it has cooled, but uh, as David mentions, it's still above that midpoint. And also, yeah. as much as we did have a pause in the Fed, 
they might come out with more chance. Yeah, there's a very big chance that uh, they might come out with more interest rate hikes. Uh, what do you think the Reserve Bank should be doing, Wayne? No, I think the Reserve Bank's going to put it on, on pause because it's not just a headline number. Mm. When you take the last three months, month-on-month month increase, it was 0.1, then 0.2, and now again 0.2. And I know you can't really do this, but let's do it. If you annualize that, it's 2%. No, but inflation is still going to fall without the Reserve Bank having to do anything more. Mm. So I think I think it's finished now. I, I hope so. Of course, all reserve, we're going to get a terribly hawkish statement tomorrow. We're going to say, you know, I won't hesitate to act if I have to. We'll keep our <laughs> eye on data. You almost sound as though he's going to increase interest rates by 5%, the way he's going to talk, but I don't think he'll do it. And all reserves banks talk, you know, during a period of high inflation, what else can they say? They say, we'll do, we'll up rates if we have to. And America's saying the same, we'll say exactly the same. But inflation is declining quite Clearly, the UK inflation number today was well, it's a lot higher than ours, eh, by the way, yeah. but well below what people thought it was going to be. So inflation's on the down now. And once again, I, I actually think we're going to see rate cuts before the end of the year, yeah, and globally. Inflation, I think, is going to fall quicker than what people think. Mm, all right. Well, on that topic, there's a question here. With the RAND strengthening, is it time to sell U.S. stocks and buy South African? The RAND is just above 17 Rand 90 against the U.S. dollar. David, would you be selling U.S. stocks and buying South African or not? I, <laughs> I, in theory, that sounds uh, easy. But I think in practice, U.S. markets are, are on the drive now as well, you know, also celebrating that rates will start to come down, inflation's coming down, and we're seeing a lot of momentum uh, behind the U.S. market at the moment. So, um, and, and the, the whole AI story is still driving people upwards. Yesterday, you know, Microsoft have increased their prices, uh, Salesforce have increased prices, and so I think we'll see some very good numbers coming out of the tech companies and that. So I, in theory, yes, you know, you can make the switch. But I think in practice, just just go with the U.S. for the meantime. Uh, uh, on your side, um, Wayne, because there really is uh, quite a lot of value in uh, the JSC. What would you be doing at this point? with? Yeah, look, whenever you look at the JSC, you must understand it's not representative of South uh. Africa. So there are parts of the South African shares, the banks in particular, as I spoke about earlier on, mm -hmm. that show good value. I think the mining shares show tremendous value, but they're not South African shares, and especially the um, platinum shares. But yeah. if the cycle progresses as it always has, in other words, we get lower inflation, we get lower interest rates, global economic growth picks up, we get a revival in the commodity cycle, the RAND could go a lot stronger than yeah. Fair value is still 1650, 17, maybe it even goes below that. So, you know, you can make your own investment decisions, but more than likely over the next two years, the RAND is going to strengthen, not weaken, because the cycle is turning in favor of commodity exporting countries like South Africa. Mm. Well, a related question also. My U.S. portfolio is up by 35% compared to my JSE portfolio at 6%. What's the in incentive in investing more in the JSE for the midterm or long term? I don't know if I should give this question to you, David, because you said in theory, sure, you should switch. <laughs> I, but I, not really. You know what? <laughs> I, I think I, I'm, I'm with Wayne on this in the sense that we haven't seen the bottoming out of commodities yet. 
Mm. You know, they still remain very volatile. And I always make the point is that the bottoms are made at a price. Sorry, over time, not at a price. Yeah. So we could well be there, but you needed to establish that bottom. But I think that's going to be the next upward cycle. You know, when you start to get optimistic, when you start to see rates come down and growth, uh, you know, you get growth again, even if it's at a slow pace, you will find commodity prices go up. And we've seen already when the, when the dollar gets weak, commodity prices pick up, you know, oil prices picked up. Uh, platinum is, is heading more, you know, towards a thousand again and so on. Iron ore remains a bit shabby because of, uh, of China. But overall, you will get a pickup in those prices as well. So just watch that, you know, watch that carefully. It doesn't mean you do it today, but I mean, it's, it's coming. Yeah. There were quite a few questions on the commodities counters, uh, particularly directed at Wayne. Um, so the uh, headline is, I just don't get it. I understand that the market is future looking. I understand that some volatility is sentiment based. I understand that the dollar is weakening. And I understand that the JSC has less to do with our companies and more to do with what China and America are doing. But having bought and watched Amplats closely, I just can't understand that one. On Monday, so this question uh, came in uh, late yesterday. So uh, on Monday, they released figures that, to my untrained eye, look bad. Two, simply Wall Street indicates their forecasted earnings will drop every year from now on. Three, professionals have forecasted PGM pricing to drop still in 2023. And four, the Hang Seng takes a beating on Tuesday. And yet on Tuesday morning, the price goes up. I may look foolish and it drops 10% by the time you are reading this, but I just don't get it wayne okay first of all no one actually gets it okay <laughs> no one knows the future not even no you. prediction <laughs> not even not even mr shapiro for all his wisdom knows the future mm. so this person will predict that that person will predict the other thing i'll predict we'll all predict half of us are going to be wrong the other half will be right and maybe that's just flipping coins yeah what I believe in in investments, and maybe the only thing I believe in, is that by and large, 90% of what you see is cyclical. And you've got, I mean, you've got palladium falling from 3,000 to 1,200. You've got platinum falling. We are more than likely at the bottom of a cycle, and it'll more than likely turn up as inflation falls, which is also cyclical, as interest rates fall, which is also cyclical. Global growth will pick up and commodity prices will go up. So that's a normal a normal cycle. So just talking about amplats, yeah, the results were terrible. I mean, not wasn't results was trading update were actually terrible. But the market is mm. anticipating that because when you look at the price earnings ratio, now the market, let's just say an average price earnings ratio is twelve. You know, twelve will be an average share, twenty five will be expensive, and three or four will be dirt cheap. I mean, that's very simplistically. The Amplat's price earnings ratio is four because the market is anticipating the earnings collapsing, which is exactly what's happening mm. because it's a commodity down cycle. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I think the market's actually been very, very good at pricing the peak earnings, which was last year's earnings, correctly mm. and putting it on an incredibly low price earnings ratio because earnings are going to come down. So. I think we're just in a very, very normal cycle. I mean, Amplats, the share price, you know, peaked at two and a half thousand, two thousand four hundred, is now nine hundred rand. 
This is a very, very normal cycle for commodity companies. They are cyclical. And just by the way, I don't like commodity companies. I think they, I don't think they very good companies at all because they're so cyclical. But if you can call the cycle right, your potential for return is great. Mm. So I'm not a commodities bull. Hopefully I'm a commodities bull at the right time of the cycle, which is where, which is now, essentially. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, David, since you like US stocks, um, there's a question here. Can I buy Apple now or is it too high? No, it's never too high. <laughs> okay. That's the problem. It is, it's, it's such a good company. You know, there might be periods where you perceive it to be too high. But I think, um, it, you know, it, it's, you, you're going to be talking about um, 4G and 5G, you know, 6G soon. And you, you're just in the cycle where you trapped into what they offer. We can't get out, uh, you know, we can't get out of it. And uh, I just think um, the quality of services around Apple and the um, and and owning the phone, it's basically basically your life. So whether you like it or not, um, you know you're going to keep you're going to keep feeding the Apple um, the Apple revenue stream. So I, I I think it's an excellent company. I really I think it's a superb business. It's expensive, but good businesses are always expensive. So you know sell it at your peril. Okay, <laughs> and, and buy it, and you know, Buffett is a great supporter of it. It's it's the one, you know, he even cursed having done having sold some of it, and he's not a man who's been attracted much to IT, uh, but uh, this is one business he loves. All right, mm. uh, there's an interesting one. Um, what what uh, phone have you got? Apple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, point made, David. <laughs> uh, there's an interesting question here, um, and I'm not sure uh, how close are you watching this. The uh, Swiss franc has gained over 28% mm, on mm. the uh, rand in the last 14 mm. months. Uh, please, can you ask the panel their opinion and views around the uh, czar against the Swiss mm. franc, particularly what fair value levels we could see the rand against uh, the Swiss franc and when? Maybe also what needs to happen and the likelihood of these criteria being met yeah, uh, uh, David, you are nodding your head, so I'm, I'm guessing I should I, I should go to you. I, not that, no, Wayne can answer that as well. I, I'm just <laughs> agreeing with what's been happening because um, what has been, you know, as the dollars got weaker, of course, your your euro, your pound, and your Swiss franc have got very, very strong, and the reason is that they're behind the US in their tightening cycle. So as they continue to tighten. And the U.S. is moving towards uh, reducing. The money starts to flow. The, there was a slight drop in the pound against the dollar today, but I mean, it's up at one thirty. If you go back a few months, or weeks, it was almost at parity or just above. The Swiss franc was at a discount, to yeah. uh, or, or call it was uh, below parity against the uh, U.S. dollar. It's now one fifteen or one sixteen. And that's all to do with with rates, you know, with them raising rates uh, and the prospect of raising rates, um, continue to raise rates while the U.S. is going to reduce rates. Yeah. So we're caught in the in the in the cross currents there. You know, that's why it's uh, it's hurt us. Uh, all right. Uh, well, there's another interesting question here on Krugerrands. Um, is an investment in Krugerrands a good investment? Where's the best place to buy buy Krugerrands? I live in Kabecha. I once uh, bought them 
uh, where or once I've bought them, where do I keep them? Because is it <laughs> worth yeah. a? It is worth a pretty penny. Uh, Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Look, as as everyone knows, I'm not a big gold fan at all. So gold has its moment in the sun every now and again, but you know, and we've had one just very recently. But all the all the you know the shares have come off again. But if you want to buy, I mean, diversified portfolio, you know, well, it can have a place in a diversified portfolio. Where do you keep them? A lot of the exchanges actually keep them safe for you. So you don't have to go home and tuck them in a hole behind your bed in the wall or something like that. And that's probably the best because, you know, they it seems with 35,000 Rand for a Kruger Rand, it's a lot of money just to go missing. So. I would look at some sort of safety deposit uh, securitization of it. Of course, you don't have to physically yeah. own the RAND. You can just buy an index tracker on it. Yeah. Uh, David, oh. Kruger RANDs? Mm. Uh, people, love, people love to own Kruger RANDs. They love to open up their safe and kind of Dutch look it, yeah. at them and look <laughs> at that piece of gold and polish it and that. But it's still a piece of gold, you know. It's not going to do anything. Yeah. It's just going to stay in your safe looking the same years and years later. I, it, it, It's almost, a, when I say a rand hedge, it's the same as owning a bundle of dollars, you know, in your safe as well. If the rand continues to depreciate, um, you know, the, the, the dollars will appreciate, you know, the rand, so your value there. But... I'm. I'm also not a, girl, a great, uh, you know, gold person. I just it gives you no yield as well. I, I, I'm not quite sure. It's, it's you know, with the rand depreciating, I'm sure some of the returns have been quite spectacular in terms of uh, what they are. But gold goes nowhere. You know, just mm. <laughs> it just bumbles along year after year. You have periods now where where everybody thought it was going to go well over two thousand to new heights, and now we're back at the nineteen hundred level. So yeah. Anyway. I'm not sure if this is a company that you look at, Accelerate Property. Um, with the results out, the only obvious thing that is worrying the market seems to be the debt. At, uh, at LTV of 44.8%, it is on the high side. But does the panel think it is not manageable? Share price looks cheap. Also, any idea what the once-off tax deductibles of $110 million are? Uh, Accelerate Property? Look, I, I do know a little bit about, about Accelerate Property. We do know they came out with, with their results. And the share does look incredibly cheap, but that debt level is actually quite high. And Accelerate is, I mean, it's obviously not just the, um, the one mall, uh, the one at the end of the life of me, forgotten its name now, at yeah. the end of, 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 of William Nickel and... Um, uh, Anyway, it doesn't matter. They're not just the one property mall, but that's been a problem, and they've had debt and debt restructuring in that uh, in that uh, four ways mall, yeah. in that in that okay. area for a for a in that property for a while, and they've tried the new entrance and tried to get everything right there, but I, I'm not sure that it's actually it's actually working. But the share does look tremendously cheap, but but maybe for a good reason. Mm. Hmm. All right. Uh, well, uh, let's go to more good reasons. Your stock picks for today, gents. Uh, David, we'll come to you. I, I, for me, it's last stop saloon. You know, um, I'm still very bullish on the U.S. market. You know where my sentiments lie. But I think having heard our discussions, I think that uh, this is the time, your last time to buy those long bonds. 
you know, local bonds because I think from now on those rates are going to come down. Uh, we had a very good period where you could lock in some very decent yields. Um, I think a year from now, those yields are going to be a lot lower, which means you will, in a way, make a capital profit. I think it's a wonderful time to buy them now. That's why I say, last stop saloon. Don't okay. cry next month when the rates come down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 On your side, Wayne, what will it be? No, I'm going for Monday. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure why the market's actually priced the shares sh- so low. I mean, it, it's done nothing for five, six years yeah. And this is an extremely good company. I think it's in the right part of the paper market. They make packaging. And with online purchases just continuing to climb, you actually use more packaging and specialized packaging. And Mondi makes this. I know they're exposed to Russia and they've got some challenges there, but they've just bought that new operation in America, which will help the American business quite a bit. And I think it's a reasonably well-rated share, quite a cheap-rated share. And this is a good company and they show good return on equity. You know, they don't make bad investment decisions. So why not go for Monday? All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, gents. Really appreciate the analysis today. That's all from for Stockwatch this evening. Thanks to our guest, David Shapiro from Sassman Securities and Wayne McCurry from FNB Wealth and Investments. And that's where I leave things with you. But stay tuned for lots more coming up on Business Day TV.